0: Hey guys, Anders Holmes here from the Holmes Movies Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, friends of our podcast, The Paul and Griff Show. The Paul and Griff Show is a movie-based podcast from two lifelong friends, Paul and Griff. Their show consists of movie news, dissecting a movie franchise, and its legacy, sequels, toys, comics, video games, etc. And they do top sixes of a loosely based subject. Check out The Paul and Griff Show on Twitter, at Paul N. Griff Show. And you can check out their podcast on Spotify and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So, do check them out. Also, just as a little quick FYI, I don't really know what the hell happened, but the towards the end of the episode, you'll notice uh, an audio change from my microphone that I'm using now to my computer's internal microphone. Uh, there were some technical issues that happened while we were recording. Uh, some seconds of audio didn't uh, get recorded for some reason. I don't know why. I hope that never happens again in the future, but yeah, I just wanted to let you know that there is a little bit of a change in the audio that I needed to do to basically keep the flow going. It's only for a few seconds, but it happens later in the episode, so I do apologize for that. Just wanted to let you know. Anyways, on with the show. I admire your courage, Miss... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? A martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit. Of surviving you know what they say about the fittest Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know I've never lost no more foreplay. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Bond Backwards, and Adam's giving me some really weird looks on the Zoom <laughs> thing. Why do you say, what, what, why can't you just say hello like a normal person? I don't know, just, just I don't know, I think I've got, just. I, I have absolutely no idea, I just Adam, just, just hello, 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 just the tip of the tongue, it just comes out. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Bonjour, Mr. Bond, Bonjour, Monsieur Bond <laughs> yeah. So uh, last episode we talked about the Spy Who Loved Me, and we regarded as that uh, that film as being uh, the high point, uh, one of the high points of the James Bond franchise, and also the high point of at that particular point in Roger Moore's tenure as Bond as being a very sort of that was like top. Well, no, it is. It things. is the best Roger Moore movie. Yeah. And then followed by a close second of Four Your Eyes Only, and uh, I don't. I don't think it's a close second. I. I. I think. I think Spy Who Loved Me is comfortably much better than any of the other Roger Moore films. Yeah, it's like get away you, get away view to a kill, get away Octopussy, I'm number one. Weird looks again. What have you eaten? What's. What is. What's happening to your mind? (laughs) It's humid. It's hot. Even when it's-, it's, it's affecting your brain, it's affecting your hair. Um, yeah, I know. I've not had a haircut for a while. Yeah. Even though it's safe go. to do it here, but I'm still haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had it. I've had it here. Um, very simple, you know, with the with the clippers. Anyway, this is not a men's grooming. Uh, this is. This is. We're not here to discuss hair, Scaramanga um so cup come come and let's <laughs> let's talk about uh okay can we just say sometimes i think people might get confused because when we do a quote or a reference or some other piece of nerdy yeah. in jokey brotherly shite we sometimes say hello dougie yes. and i think a lot of people don't we understand why we do that the reason is actually that- made we haven't exactly clarified what that means exactly so we're just going to let you in behind the curtain here this is the making of um douglas our friend douglas who lives in paris uh decided to send us some feedback once do you remember yes and he said that we swore too much so we said we're very fucking sorry (laughs) and um and he said uh there were too many references so every time we made a reference now we made sure to reference dougie, dougie yeah. and guess what he fucking loves it um <laughs> every time we say hello dougie i know for a fact that it tickles him in his special place and um and he gets emotional and if he's driving the car he has to pull over and and, what, and you know clutch his <laughs> clutch his sides as he laughs and laughs at our at yeah. our hilarious antics uh so so yeah that is that is uh that's our friend uh dougie and uh Dougie is also a great fan of um, I think the the series or the film that you cannot not mention when you're talking about the man with the golden gun which is The Trip Yes (laughs) He has sequences that are entirely built on as a fucking I'm recording a podcast (laughs) Laurie's going by excuse me Um, (laughs) What the fuck happened there there well, was like, a truck going by. <laughs> I couldn't hear the truck. Oh, right. Sorry. You look like a, like an elderly New Yorker like shouting at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, move your... Shut up down there! Blackers! Don't make me come down there! <laughs> so, anyway, apart from that little manic moment, yes, right. so the trip, right. <laughs> the Steve Coogan TV show that he does with Rob Brydon, which yeah <laughs> Which recently finished with a trip to Greece uh, They do, the, in one episode They do quote um, The Man with the Golden Gun Where Rob Bryan just goes, come, come Mr. Barton And while also putting on A Christoph Waltz accent Which I feel like someone watched that episode And thought, okay, we can put Christoph Waltz Inspector." so, you know Yeah, that, um, it, that, I think we should that, drop that, in That and was if... the origins of cuckoo oh my god can we drop in a clip no probably not because of copyright but people can look it up on yeah. um why don't we put the clip in show notes on the, the youtube clip i can try and find i can try and see if it's about, if i can find it yeah um maybe i don't know anyway it's very very funny their impressions yes. of roger moore and of uh, christopher lee are impeccable and um yes bonding over you know a moment uh, a, a kind of Great moment in an otherwise um, pretty shite film. Yeah, Um, I I saw this very recently, well, fairly recently, and it is not my favorite Bond movie. This I called The Man with the Golden Gun the film with the missed opportunity. And because. Ooh! Ooh! Pauline (laughs) Kale! Fucking wit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I call the man with the golden gun the man with the missed opportunity. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna make that joke? Ah, sure am, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I mean, so this was this was Roger Moore's second movie as James Bond. So he had just yeah. done Live and Let Die, which was kind of like a black exploitation tribute slash kind of fairly racist wow. movie. We have got some things to discuss when we come to that. Yeah, and the Man with the Golden Gun is also kind of a tribute to martial arts movies which were being very which were very popular at the time in the yeah. '70s, while also being slightly tad racist, maybe. W- yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you sounded like Woody Allen there for a second. Yeah, yeah I think that movie might be a little. Okay, bit okay, shut up. <laughs> um, no, do not equate me with Woody Allen. Thank you. Okay. Um, the yeah. It, so we've said this before, and we'll say it again. Every time the Bond films try and do to get on board with a trend, yeah, it's lame. Even in Casino Royale, it feels lame with Texas Hold'em. Even in you know, the, but it, it, in the most in the best Bond movies, there's like this desire to be seen as with it in a franchise that celebrates like a a borderline middle-aged white male misogynist like dinosaur to quote judy dench in uh yeah golden eye you know it's like no like in this in the third movie he makes the jokes about the Beatles being unlistenable to it's like fuck you you don't know anything (laughs) about anything cool like so Every time they try and do something that's a little bit, like, cool and with it, it falls flat on its face. And even more flat on its face is when it's Roger Moore, who's, like, it, pushing 50, trying to yeah. Yeah. Sure. show that he's got, like, karate chops. And the other thing they do in this film, which they they did a little bit in Live and Let Die, and I thought they'd had enough of, is they decide it's not just good enough that they're going to do this weird... Um, uh, you know, martial arts ripoff. They're also just going to introduce like the Dukes of Hazard. They're also going to try and weave in yeah. to a film that's set in Southeast Asia. They're going to try and weave in like Smokey and the Bandit and all the like the sort of Southern Road movie. Yeah, and so like... they go to this huge length, um, and they they jump the shark to such a huge extent. Yeah, but they get what's his name, the sheriff. Sheriff from J. W. Pepper. Sheriff J. W. Pepper. Now, Anders, a sheriff from the deep south, has never gone on holiday in the Southeast Asia in his life. I can tell you that there is no way that yeah. a cracker, <laughs> racist <laughs> sheriff from fucking Louisiana or whatever, yeah, Louis- would yeah show it's Louisiana. Up. It's Clifton James that plays Clifton Sheriff James, J. W. Pepper, yeah. and and he plays him to the hilt. Yeah, uh, there's no way he would show up in. Um, uh, in in thailand but anyway there he is and you get one of the great i mean let's be honest it's one of the greatest car stunts in the history of cinema yeah they it's of, literally it's one, best, it's one of the best car stunts ever they do it realistically and i think they did it in like one take the way it does the loop de loop. but then they fucking they did it i mean they literally they did ruined it. It, they, it with the corkscrew sound effect which they put in underneath the whoop, and then it's so stupid why did they do that <laughs> But because they can't resist, it's the whole infection that takes hold of the mind in the Roger Morio, which yeah. is like, I know what this needs, like wacky sound effects, like the ah, and the you know, the, all all the, bang, you know, it yeah. just, you know, it just, it has like just constant you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's always this like um, series of noises going on. Yeah. Um, I just spat all over my microphone, fuck. <laughs> um, but the. Um, you know, they, they don't. They can't leave it alone. They can't just like do something mildly funny. They, they have to be like, "You see what we did," and they double and down the, the on whole... the humor, but they double down in a in the worst possible way. And I think they do it very badly in this film. I think this and Octopus yeah. are the sort of bad contenders of the Roger Moore films where they just didn't. They probably started out with like the best of intentions, and I think they did sort of start out with the best of intentions with this one because it was. I think it was the last film that no, sorry, the last book that Ian Fleming had published before he died, or it was published after he had passed away. Yeah. I think. And I think they were and I know that th- watching it and I was thinking just because Christopher Lee plays uh Francisco scaramanga, this you know, assassin who only needs like one bullet and then you know he's Annie. He has a powerful weapon. Yes. He charges a million a shot. Yeah, that An assassin. All, that, that song second is- <laughs> to none. The man, the man with the golden gun. gun i didn't know that speaking lulu... of can we just talk about the theme for a second yeah. um it's completely ridiculous but um you it's quite endearing in its own way and um my friend 70s. andrew met lulu at an event once and hung out with her for a bit yeah. and he says she's great and she's exactly as you would imagine lulu being in nice. real life um just so i feel like she deserves a shout out because even though she's handed a bit of a turkey of a theme she gives it the guns and actually kind of makes it it a better song yeah it fits it it fits well i think maybe i don't know i think just it's a good song on its own i think with the film itself it doesn't i don't know when they try to do different variations of it like adding like an asian twist to it then it sort of shows a little Ooh, bit that all that like ah oh, they like like yeah. asian music that they do in this oh it's so it's not yeah. it's not good but also it's, just, it's very problematic yeah but just to kind of get like deviate. TV- ah, i just got my eyebrow caught in my glasses <laughs> jesus Everything is going wrong. Today. Everything's going wrong. Sorry. <laughs> no, just to kind of like back to take a little bit. I think the movie starts off really strong. We're introduced to our main villain. We're introduced to his location, which you can actually go to and not like you know, the the rocks and everything in Asia. You can, you know, see the places where uh, they... hang on a minute, narrow it down. It's in Thailand, right? Or... It isn't I think it is in Thailand, yes. Or Vietnam, one of those places? Oh, uh, I think i think it is in thailand I might i might be wrong or somewhere in southeast asia i'm not quite sure but they but you can actually that was that's the classic 90s uh location thing on the you know somewhere in the middle east yeah but so it starts off really strong you're introduced to our villain you're also introduced to Maud adams who plays um she played what's her character name again she is andrea andos so oh which is quite funny. hello and also we're uh, yeah it's uh, by the way it's in uh it's in phuket uh, uh, in, near well, near phuket in thailand okay cool and we're also introduced to his little sidekick literally his literally little sidekick Jose little sidekick, uh, villachez who this was his like big break before he was on Gilligan's island and he was living out of his car when he made this film so this was like a big sort of oh really yeah so this was like a really big break for him so we're introduced to him and we're introduced to an assassin who is actually also in Diamonds Are Forever. He's the guy who I didn't know there was a pool down there. He's in a bunch of stuff. Um... Yeah, he's, it's uh, Mark Lawrence. He's the guy who's in you know, and from Dust Till Dawn, where he, you know George Clooney's ringing the bell, and the guy comes out and he's like, "You come I'm I'm like, What the hell do you want? What do you think I want, <laughs> you mean, old bastard? I want a fucking room." Okay, all right. That's that's that guy. He's also in um, the Oxbow incident. He's in um, Diamonds of. Oh, he's mentioned Diamonds of Rivers, but he's in Key Largo. Um, he's in Marathon Man. He plays one of the baddies in that. He's, and, in, um, he's in the Asphalt Jungle as well. Yep, he's. Uh, Seems to he's have done, in, he did a uh, lot of films in Italy by the looks of his, uh, uh, his Wikipedia filmography. Uh, yes, but there is um, there is one film that we also. Know him from uh, a, a particular childhood favorite of ours, and that Custer of the West. He's in Custer of the West? Yeah, he's the guy on the train who's got the gold in his teeth. Oh, <laughs> that guy. All oh, right. That's yeah. a weird movie. <laughs> I, I I've, I mean, I've got a lot of love for Custer of the West. It's yeah. not good, but it's definitely fun. Yeah. Um stars uh, Bonville and Robert Shaw as Custer. There you go. Good segue. Back to Bond. Yeah, yeah. so it opens well with this yeah. fun house. The fun house thing, it's, it's a bit. It is still that slight metaphor for the whole Roger Moore. It's a bit silly in, in some ways, but like it, it's incredibly silly. But it, but it, it's like I get what they're trying to do, and it is kind of creepy with the funhouse. But then you get the weird Roger Moore wax statue, and yeah, and this whole idea that in and what I find annoying is that as you say with missed opportunity, you've got this great idea which is a super famous assassin who lives in this amazing lair somewhere in the deep. You know the Red China Sea or whatever it is, yeah. And um, you know he's 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 mysterious and he travels with impunity and kills at will. And he's you know he's a super assassin. He's the jackal. He's the it's it's like the day of the jackal. Yeah. And they take this idea and they don't run with it. They don't make it interesting. They don't say okay, we have to stop like him assassinating. I don't know the prime minister or the president or whatever it is. Instead, it's like he's got this obsession with killing James Bond. And I don't even remember what the whole plot revolves around. Ultimately, like Zulix something to do with agitator. <laughs> oh, it's a there's a MacGuffin? Of yeah, course, like, there's like, a the, fucking MacGuffin. The whole MacGuffin. thing with the, the sunbeam thing, you don't need it. It's nothing. Me- again, again with the fucking sunbeam thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, it's Just, like diamonds are forever. This die another day. Why can't? It's like the Death Star to <laughs> these people. They can't leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, and also it's like. It's, yeah it's just that whole like all the stuff with him and the gangster uh, what's his name High Fat played by Richard Liu like there's no need Like, it sort of feels a bit like it's distracting a little bit from Is High Fat a cousin of Wofat from Hawaii Five-0 do you think yeah probably maybe I don't know um, good reference thank you um, the, the 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 like you know the the whole yeah, the, the whole film is just cracked. I mean, the yeah. whole like it's also why they're so obsessed with sex. And I mean, I'm not I'm not just talking. Yes, the Bond films are obsessed with sex, but they are like a carry on movie in this film. He makes mm. a joke at every opportunity with the, he meets um, ping pong or whatever her name is, the woman in the swimming pool. Um, um, what she called? Oh. She has some ridiculous name. Oh, I can't remember. <sighs> some I, I think it might be a little bit problematic the name or something like that. Yeah, sorry, I was also um, Lieutenant Hip. That's the name of a character in this film. Um, Yeah, that's uh, his uh, Asian sidekick. Yeah, with the two... He has the two daughters who help him out. I think they're nieces or something. Yeah, I mean, so... But there's that scene where he meets the woman in the pool and she's like, I'm not wearing any swimming suits either. And then he talks about his, his prosthetic third nipple, which is the most obvious... Prosthetic thing you've ever seen in your life yeah. being uh, titillating, you know. It, it's, it's like, oh, mate, um, it yeah. is just uh, endlessly. Um, uh, oh, her name is Chew Me. <laughs> yeah. Also, he, there's also a scene in a restaurant. I mean, where that, he- that's that's the Austin Powers. You know, the <laughs> Fook Me and Fook You. That's, yeah, that, that's, uh, the, that's where me, they that get that <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot, uh, this is problematic. <laughs> I, it's it's hugely, I mean, yeah. Hugely. I mean, the good stuff. Christopher Lee is really good as Scaramanga. I think he's, he, he makes very good of that role. And he was friends with Ian Fleming. I think they both were like yeah. SAS, 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 like sports. No, 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 not SAS, but SIS. SAS. Well, they are both like Special Forces guys. Like, they, they, they did some stuff, I think. It, it, it's not special forces. It's intelligence work. I mean, neither yes. of these guys was like charging. I can't remember what Ian Fleming did. I mean, uh, what Scaramanga did, but Ian Fleming was essentially traveling the world, drinking cocktails, and you know, filing documents during the war. I mean, he did, he was planning operations. But he didn't actually do any, you know, yeah. he, he didn't put him. He wasn't at the front line. Um, yeah. But um, but he did know. You know, he knew a lot of people. He knew Kim Philby, for example, and he mm. knew he knew uh, um, Christopher Lee. And it, it's it's funny that in many ways this is, a, again, a wasted opportunity because Christopher Lee would have been brilliant as James Bond, I think. Yeah. Maybe if, in young, in, when he was younger. But he also would have been great as any number of good, like, Bond villains later on. Yeah. Um, he could and have it's been weird, really in some ways, given how long-lasting he was, it's weird that he never came back. Like, they always like to recast people. Yeah. Uh, in the franchise. And I always thought it would be nice to have Christopher Lee come in, maybe as, like... You know in the Pierce Brosnan era As like a cameo or something But he never came back It's his only foray into this franchise And uh, it's sad that it's in such a bad film And it's sad that his His golden gun uh, Which is you know Made even more famous by the GoldenEye video game yeah. um, Is so Like it's a pen And a cigarette lighter and something else You could not If you fired that thing it would blow up in your hand And yeah it's so it's uh, that's That's pretty daft um, but that, you know, as I say that, that it, He does get some moments And we also get Maud Adams in this um, Who shows up again in Octopussy yeah. And I think she's way better, way more interesting in this film And Britt One of the things I feel like they should have done Differently in this film One of the many things I think they should have switched who Died out of the Bond girls I think it would have been, because I, I really do not like Britt Eklund I mean not Brit Eklund, but I just don't like her character. I just think it's her Mary Goodnight character is so damn My annoying. God. Yeah, she she just she's like an endless she's a punchline and yeah. I mean she just gets into all this like stupid trouble Stuff. and and is like a, a hindrance. Is like it and and yeah. Whereas um Andrea Anders or Anders Andrea, uh your your namesake is um Is way more interesting. Yeah, you're right. And um, because there's like she's she's trying to get away from Scaramanga. She's you know she is his like she is his lover. But let's be honest, she's Melania Trump. Yeah. She. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so there's like there's an interesting idea like she's trying to get away from Scaramanga, but also trying to warn Bond. So there's like different things of what's going on a little bit. She's a bit like the. Uh, the girl from License to Kill that isn't the... the Talisa Soto. Talisa Soto's character. So it's a little bit, they play a little bit like that. So I think it would have been interesting because I feel like the moment when she's like sitting dead in the the wrestling arena or wherever they are, the uh, sort of Mai Tai yeah, boxing like a, arena. Yeah, it's like a wrestling, yeah. I think that was quite a shocking moment boxing. because, you know, you don't see it coming or anything like that. But I just feel like it would have been interesting. It would have been a much more interesting film because it just feels like there's no chemistry between him and like the, like the thing with like a lot of the Bond girls with in the Roger Moore era, there wasn't that much chemistry between him and some of them. Like particularly in like stuff like View to a Kill, and like there was a bit of high chemistry between him and Maud Adams. I think it would have been interesting that if she had like survived the film, because also it would have made that sequence after Scaramanga dies (spoiler alert) even shorter, because that sequence after Scaramanga dies is so boring. Like the whole thing where he's trying to get the sun thing, the Solex agitator out. <sighs> I know what the fuck. It just like, drags, who drags gives out the a movie. damn about this thing. <laughs> it just drags out the movie so much, and then they're on the boat, and then then Nick Mack tries to kill Bond, and then Bond like puts him on top of the ship to, and then drops him off at Gilligan's Island. So it's just I don't know. Yeah, it it, it the whole the the idea that they that they they thought we've got this row, you know this this international assassin um, who wants to kill James. James Bond um yeah. who's got a he has a mistress who wants to get away from him uh what this film needs is more plot it's like and and a boring one that we've done before like no um yeah I mean I wonder whether they brought that in just so that they had an excuse to get like M and Moneypenny and Q involved and stuff but it it just is is just not a good story um and yeah and the film is just it feels yeah as you say boring in part it's like really genuinely boring and that's the worst thing that a Bond film can be it just feels very um, dragged out it feels longer than I mean the movie is two hours long but it feels longer than that yeah I don't know it's just there's a lot of things they could have done better with the film and just making that villain more interesting and a little bit more part of the film and less like some wily e. Coyote kind of guy being like oh I'm gonna shoot this guy and run away kind of thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, he's yeah, and there's so many other villains, and it's like we don't care about any of them. We just we just want this like the, the game the idea of a game of cat and mouse, just like strip everything else away. Yeah. And just yeah. have this be a game of cat and mouse between Bond and this other guy. Like in many ways, what they did in License to Kill. Yeah, exactly. There's think- no mission in License to Kill. There's no plot yeah. beyond let's make some cocaine. Uh there's it's just he wants revenge. And in this yeah. film, it should be there's an international assassin. Go kill him, because, or he'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. and then you've just got this game of chess. They could have traveled the world, but instead they're like, "Let's go on holiday to Southeast Asia." We'll come up with some blah 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 bullshit about a uh, uh, sun agitator dude,ar and um, and we'll, we'll we'll tie in uh, martial arts and uh, we'll bring back J W Pepper because everyone fucking loves J W Pepper <laughs> for some reason. And then yeah, we'll yeah, um, exactly. and we'll call it a day. Yeah, it's just... and you're right. Yeah, you're right. And 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 they, I don't think they should have killed off Britt Eklund, but they should have just like realized that. There's one of those people who has genuine chemistry with Roger Moore and who's a genuinely interesting character, and that's Maud yeah. Adams. And I think that's why she comes back in In October, in October yeah. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> okay. of things. Yeah. Um, just a word of mentioned, uh, the the uh Some of our fans online... the, the, the guy, Fans? Yes. Uh, 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 people, uh, the great guys from the Paul and Griff show podcast, they mentioned that, uh, that I was they said that this is one of the films where bond only kills one person and that's scaramanga really yeah that that is interesting that he only kills one person yeah um it i mean that should be the case sure why not um, yeah i mean it makes sense i mean it's it's interesting how he manages to one-up scaramanga in in in, in, in by, like, no, by, it by like isn't. Swapping that's the... the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my fucking life that he dresses up as the just wax model yeah like where is the where does he put the wax model and how does he have that much time to take the touch and he's just standing there like, when he's like <laughs> okay if a fly came <laughs> it's like okay he's gonna come in a minute any minute now any minute yeah. and also Achoo, like fuck, and kidding. also like knickknack could be like scaramanga he's turned into the statue kill him <laughs> yeah it's like uh he's taking his clothes off i don't know what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, Harvey Villachez, He had a very tragic uh, story. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad what what happened to him. I think he he was part of Gilligan's Island. He was the guy that he would always have that catchphrase: "The bat, the plane, boss the plane," and that was his like thing for a while. But he but he got fired from the show because of personal problems. But also, I think maybe because of you know of who he was and a lot of actors who are you know. A, you know small stature they do f- fall into this kind of let's you know let's them have them yeah they get stereotyped <laughs> they I mean, get stereotyped awful. and you know peter dinklage made a film about him he's a very he's he 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 wanted some you know he made a film about his last interview that he made with a guy like the director of that film he interviewed hervé villaches and while you know he interviewed him for a very long you know had talked to him over a period of time and then the the interview was in many ways a suicide note because he committed suicide after the interviews were were, were done i mean it's 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 worth pointing out that herve villachez for a lot of people even after his death was and and certainly while he was alive was a punchline you know still it's like oh he was this crazy guy who you know whored around and drank a lot and took drugs and whatever and yeah. that's like ha ha ha! It's funny because he's a, he's it's still like drawn, it's still pushed through that lens of like he's small, so he's amusing, and and they do that a little bit put, in this film. In they like, they do that a lot, in the, the whole film is is about how in, incredibly funny it is that um, that Scaramanga has a a a, a, a little person as yeah, a, a dwarf. sidekick. and he's and, like he the way that like Bond captures him and, when he's throwing bottles at him, he, like puts him in a suitcase. I, Yeah, and and this idea that, like, ha-ha, Christopher Lee's really tall and Herbie Villachez is really short. I mean, it's just, it's offensive. And, and, like, so much of this era that we are moving into, obviously we're going to talk about Live and Let Die, and there's going to be a ton of problems with um, the Connery films as well On that regard, you know, on but you know we are dealing with a franchise that is let's be honest majority sexist pretty much majority racist in its depiction of minorities yes. and um, and has some pretty questionable views about um, disabilities and homosexuality for example yeah. uh, Mr. Winton and Mr. Kidd coming up in Diamonds Are Forever for, uh, is a good um, yeah exactly good... Yeah. so um, can we uh, what do we uh, who, would the, you, the... who would you recast in the film Oh, God, there's so many people. Um, I would I would want to remake this entire movie from scratch. You know what? I and think... I, because... And I want... Just stay with me. Okay, all right. And I would want to see... I just want to see Christopher Lee as Scaramanga. That's great. That's fine. But I want it to be a different movie. I want it to be a Christopher Lee going up against... A bond that carries an equal amount of uh, of menace mm-hmm. and of, of of threat, and um, and who better than um, uh, than Edward Fox, who played the Jackal? Yeah. So you could have these two assassins going up against each other, and they travel the world, and they get into scrapes, and uh, you know, it would be um, it would be a classic piece of like seventies globe trotting. Um, uh, of, of, of cinema so yeah we have suave uh two suave british assassins up against each other in yeah. the you know in in like places like marseille and uh and tokyo and uh and and mexico city and 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 cool locations and smoke-filled bars and and none of this bullshit yeah i think that would be an, a thing. So my whole like my whole recasting thing is predicated on the idea of remaking the entire film what about you i think just in, in regards to what you're saying because i feel like it's because We've had a new a new version of Blofeld in Spectre, and I'm sort of holding on a theory that Rami Malek's character in No Time to Die for No Country of Old Men is uh, Doctor No. Nope. Mm, yeah. I made a joke because No Time to Die for No Country for Old Men. You 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 shouldn't do jokes. <laughs> I'll do the jokes. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I'm sort of holding on to the. Th- no, don't just give up like that. You're so, oh god, you're so meek. <laughs> no, story of my life but anyway I do I'm sort of on the theory that Rami Malek is playing Dr. No I'm fascinated by this theory I don't know where you got this idea from but I can't quite shake the idea now that you've said it but he does have a different name he has got his his character does have a name and it's not yeah it's a different name but also Franz Oberhauser that was the name that they put in the credits before Spectre, and (laughs) then turned out he was Blofeld so I think they they could easily bring back Scaramanga but do it in like a really cool way based off what you said I think they could easily do that. Okay, who are you recasting? Who would I recast? Um, uh, Who would I recast? That's a good question. Yeah, God forbid you should do any fucking preparation before coming on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I would recast Britt Eklund because I don't... I, I just don't think she You really you really got to you, you I just you're, don't think you're she on I just don't Eggman. think she really fits well in the movie. I know I, I like her in like The Wicker Man. I think she's pretty good in that, but I just don't I just no. just I don't know there's just the stupid blonde british agent it just does it for me. I just think they could have just I think if they just get another actor with a little bit more gravitas I think they could have that made that role a little bit less like pastiche. You're saying you want to recast her with Edward Woodward? From, from Wickerman. No. <laughs> go, oh Jesus Christ. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> the Solex is a world. Oh my god. <laughs> it would have been interesting, Wickerman. Well, there is actually oh well Christopher Lee is in the Wickerman, so it's a little bit of a Wickerman reunion in that movie. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, who would I recast? Um Barbara Steele. She I don't know. She is in eight and a half. She's uh also in a film called uh, Black Sunday, which is one of Mario Bava's uh, best films. Also called, it's a, in America, it's called The Mask of Satan. I think she could have. I think she's also English as well, and she's done a few Italian movies as well. I think she could have done that I, much better than Brit Eklund. Okay, G- good, good shout. You took a, took a while to get there, but you got a good one. Okay, so uh, you've done the recasting. Uh, where are you? Where do you want to go on uh, holiday in this movie? Uh, Thailand. Uh, Scaramanga's um, uh sort of hideout. Where are the other locations? Um There's Beirut. Beirut. Is there Oh Be- no, no, Beirut? it's not it's not Beirut. It's uh oh what's it? it's uh oh, I forgot what it it's Oh no, it is Beirut. He goes to Beirut at the beginning of the movie to get the the belly dancer who has the gold in her uh the bullet that was killed by that British agent is in her belly button. And then he like swallows God, yeah. it. Oh, that bit where he has to try and get it out. Oh, and then he swallows that... it, and then he gets into a taxi, and he says, "The nearest pharmacy." Oh God, yeah, because he's gonna go buy some laxatives or whatever. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah, we have. There's not. Okay, well, actually, yeah, sure. I mean, and it actually, should we should say uh, Beirut is somewhere that has just undergone a terrible um yeah tragedies Jesus. as as people know who watch the news and um so uh in solidarity with um that city which is going through a sad time i'm gonna turn up and um um it's supposed to, lebanon's supposed to be great and mm. um i would uh yeah i'd love to go there one day so sure you go to thailand i'll go to beirut mm-hmm. and i'll I'll come back with the bullet and the chap in who made the bullet 10. 007 <laughs> yeah um so uh, martinis how many martinis are you giving this oh uh two two yeah. yeah i'd give it two as well i if i was being really generous i'd give it two and a half but it's a it's it's a it's a it's a bland it's not marti- enough. yeah it's two bland martinis i'm afraid what is the stupidest bit in this film? <laughs> You've got a lot to pick from. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to pick from this movie. I think the stupidest bit in the movie, apart from the corkscrew bit, it's when Britt Eklund is like kneeling over and she's looking down at Bond trying to get the Solix agitator out of the little hole where the laser goes down. And she turns on the machine with her bum. That is so stupid. <laughs> that is so dumb. And there's and there's and that it also goes back to this bit in uh, Diamonds Are Forever where he hides the cassette in Jill Saint John's bum. And there's all this like bum nice stuff, <laughs> such nice <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> so everyone can see it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> see, oh, anyway, so um, so we we'll, we'll can cover that in Diamonds Are Forever. But yeah, that is a very stupid bit. Well, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do something slightly different. And say the best bit and the worst bit, the stupidest and the best bit of this film is the corkscrew jump. Yeah. Because it is an insanely amazing stunt. It is an it amazing looks stunt. Great. Yeah. It is a perfect piece of 70s silly because it's the American car and everything like that. It's a it's so brilliantly executed. It is completely for real. Completely uh, in the Bond spirit of like, okay, we can go bigger and better and it's and it's fun. Yeah. And they ruin it by putting J.W. Pepper in the car, by saying, I sure can, boy, and, and doing the corkscrew sound effect. Yeah. So it is simultaneously the best and worst of this era of Bond movies. Yeah. And it was the final Bond film that was co-produced with Broccoli and Saltzman. He had, it was who has ultimately walked after that, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. sold his 50% stake in Eon Productions. Yeah, he was going through some big financial difficulties behind set. So what's your what's the best bit for you? It's the scenes with Christopher Lee with him and Roger Moore where they're just kind of talking to each other and just kind of I think those yeah. scenes are really strong. And I think the strongest scene for me, particularly, is the scene where they're in the boxing arena. It's where he's talking about his life story when he was in the circus. And you know this idea where he killed his first man and that he really enjoyed it. I just think the the way that Christopher Lee like says it in a very nonchalant way. He really sells this guy who really got a taste for blood and then just kind of went with it and got a lot of money out of it. I think well, that's a, I think he, that's you, a really you, good moment I, it, I, I will say um, he is quite famous for playing another character who had a taste for blood. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a Dracula. Um, yeah, again, I know. I know. That's I know. a good point. And yeah, you're right. Those bits, the cat and mouse stuff, the dialogue between these two killers. Those are the best bits of the film, and they should have built the whole film around it. Yeah, and they should have just stripped everything else out. And it is, as you say, it's a missed opportunity. This film needed to be something completely different, but the idea is good. Yeah, it's just the execution is across the board terrible. I think if they, you know, if they did it in like the way that they did with Silver and Skyfall, like that, that if they had that kind of duality between Bond and Scaramanga, like because essentially they're the same. They're, they're one and the same, just a little bit different. One's the hero, the other one's the villain and, and and all that sort of stuff. They could have really, de- you know, developed on that. Like, this is, you know, this is who Bond could have turned into if he was an assassin or if he wanted to, you know, be a gun for hire, basically. Right. And and maybe even, you know, you could have done a film where he tries to recruit Scaramanga um, <laughs> to the, you know, because, I mean, that's the great thing about Silver is that he was one of the, he was a spy. All right. Um, I think we've covered this. Yeah, Let's uh, brace ourselves for um, you the um, <laughs> bond exploitation. Yeah. It's weird, yeah, that uh, I think we should probably, yeah. Let's just it's, we've got a couple of really couple of really tough films to get through, yeah. both of which are set largely in America, which is interesting. Yeah, um, that is true. And um, yeah. One of them's Vegas. <laughs> Both of them are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, maybe "Live and Let Die" has a point. Let's get into "Live and Let Die" yeah, next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I do think that film needs careful discussion. Yes, I think so too. But, anyways, well, that concludes another episode of Bond Backwards. We've been talking about the Man with the Golden Gun. You can check out all our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, and Podomatic. We will be discussing "Live and Let Die" at a future date. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening again. I've been Anders Holmes, I've been joined by Adam. Goodbye. Good night, sir. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Bond. I see you only live twice. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, 007. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? He had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed, Mr. Bond. I think he got the point. Right, right idea, Mr. Bond. But wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. Of... Oh, I sure am, boy. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. Mr. Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six.